Thank you so much, Aniko, and uh, everyone at Cambridge Insight for the uh, warm, kind invitation. Uh, good evening to you all. It's very good to be with you, um, to be back. <laughs> so, um, when we think about the world uh, that we are living in, and uh, all of the many um, ways that it is surprising and um, uncertain, um, there is, I think, a, a very important need in each of us to um, to be able to find some kind of of safety, of um, of stability in ourselves. And so I wanted to begin with a practice of uh, nurturing, toning the vagus nerve, which is a way we can support ourselves in the midst of uncertainty and change by um, connecting with the body and really caring for our body, for our present moment experience. And so it, you may be familiar with the vagus nerve, the longest nerve in the body that goes from the brain through the spinal column, connecting to all the major organs. Um, and it's said when that nerve is toned and cared for, uh, we just have um, quite a bit more resilience and the ability to withstand uh, difficult situations. So this is a set of um, practices that we can uh, do together. And so if you're happy to follow me, we'll begin with uh, massaging the external, uh, the edge of the ear, just from the top all the way down to the lobe. We'll do that three times. Just rolling gently the edge of the ear between your fingertips. It should feel good down to the lobe. And one more time. See if you can really bring your attention into your ears. So it said that the first place we uh, check to know if we're safe is through sound. We listen to hear if we're safe. Next, if you have glasses, you can remove them and then we'll take this fleshy part of the palm and um, place it over the bones of the eyes and you can lower your head into the support of your palms. So not pressing on the eye itself, but on the bones around the eye. And giving yourself a couple breaths here to Relax the eyes to release the muscles around the eyes. To bathe the eyes in darkness. 
So after we listen to know if we're safe, we look to know if we're safe. So we're giving the sense of safety to the eyes. And then the next movement is to cup our cheeks in our hands. So you just let your face rest in your hands. And offer yourself care, kindness, tenderness. Maybe offering yourself this gesture as, as if it were someone who cared about you a lot. Breathing and resting and holding your face. And then we'll bring one hand over the heart center, so the center of the chest, and then the other hand on top of that hand. Feeling the pressure, the weight of the hands on the chest, maybe the heat on the hands, feeling the support. And here we can say to ourselves silently, I am safe. I am safe. And this directly soothes the Reptilian brain, the early limbic brain that goes into fight, flight, and freeze. Reassuring it, I am safe right in this moment. And then we'll just slide the hands in the same position down to one inch below the belly button, this center of energy called the Hara in Indian tradition or the Dantian in the Chinese martial arts and medical tradition. Offering support. a gentle pressure, a gentle comforting, soothing, grounding. And take a few deeper breaths down into the belly to feel this connection. We finish the practice by simply turning the palms up and resting them on the thighs, like Shavasana at the end of yoga. Noticing the effects of this practice, connecting with the body, the mind, the heart, 
Just noticing whatever is here in the aftermath of this sequence. Breathing, resting, experiencing. Thank you for your practice, and uh, wondering if any of you would want to share in the chat, in a few words or a phrase, what you what you notice doing this sequence, this vagal nurturing technique. You can put a word or phrase in the chat. How did you experience that? Peaceful. Especially when holding my cheeks in my hands, tenderness, safety. Thank you for that. I came back inside and slowed down. Vulnerability. Restful, peaceful, calming. Thank you for your reflections. Um, The way that I learned this, the encouragement is to do this three times in a row. So ears, eyes, cheeks, heart, belly, resting with the palms up. And then two more times. So um, you might play with that if you find this helpful. Um, Some people will practice it before they sit or to wake up or before they go to bed. Um, 
I was just teaching a retreat at Omega um, Institute last weekend with Larry Ward and his wife Peggy shared that um, uh, someone in her Sangha had shared it with her child who um, was a non-binary child and about to start middle school the next day and couldn't sleep because they were so nervous and worried and they did this sequence and they were able to sleep through the night um, in preparation for that big day so So there are ways we can help ourselves to meet uncertainty right in our own body with our own hands Um, and many other ways as well. So I'll be speaking to practices that can help us So some years ago, um, I was trying to discern whether or not to leave the monastic life after having lived uh, most of my adult life in the monastery from age 25 to 40. And what was very helpful for me during this time of a lot of confusion and doubt and um, uncertainty was to sit in silence at IMS to attend the three-month or six-week fall silent retreats. I did that for several years in a row. And it was just a very helpful time of pausing, looking deeply, coming back to myself to just let my own consciousness take its time and find its way. What made the decision or this, you know, time in my life so um, fraught was that I had ordained at age 25 thinking I would be in the monastery my whole life. And so it was um, very disorienting to be kind of, you know, 15 years in and not sure and questioning this vow that I had assumed would carry me through my entire life. So at that time of transition, I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know who I might become. And I was in the midst of a process similar to a caterpillar that has to dissolve completely in the chrysalis to become the butterfly. It was very terrifying (laughs) to feel like I was dissolving and very uncomfortable. I was used to knowing what I was doing, and this was the first time in my life that I really didn't know. And uh, so Joseph Goldstein was one of my interview teachers on these retreats, and when I shared how distressing it was to not have any solid ground uh, under me, he He talked about Alan Watts' book, The Wisdom of Insecurity, and it talks about how when we are clear and sure about what we're doing, we can't be open to the many possibilities that are available. 
But when we let ourselves hang out in the space of not knowing, this real space of insecurity, there's enormous potential and life can unfold in innumerable ways. So rather than avoid this feeling of uncertainty, we can embrace it, we can move toward it. So what I found on these long silent retreats was not an answer. I didn't have any clarity in any of these retreats about what to do um, in terms of disrobing or continuing as a nun. But rather what they helped me to do was to be able to just sit with the question and to dwell more and more at ease with the not knowing, to um, relax in the midst of this part of me that wanted to grip so tightly onto some kind of clarity or answer, some direction. And so I learned to allow this question to just rest in the 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 bottom layers of my consciousness, the soil of my mind. And I was able to touch peace and joy and well-being right in the midst of not knowing, right? Because our minds can tell us, if I don't know, you know, I can't be okay. I can't... um, You know, I can't experience any kind of ease, but that's actually not the case. We can have all the not knowing and still have peace as well, even as that question is still working itself out. So right in the midst of all this awkwardness, this confusion, this dissolving and losing my identity, I was learning to let go of fear and resistance and trust. It was was also quite an experience of developing courage. Both courage and tenderness were, were needed. And so this practice that we were doing on on the silent retreats and the practices that I had learned from my teacher Thich Nhat Hanh all through my time of practice um, as a nun were supporting me to slow down, to rest back into the uncertainty rather than fighting it. And I was also able to touch some spaciousness precisely in moments when it didn't feel like I could, you know, do anything. There's these times when you feel really in a corner and you feel anxious and trapped. And, but this 
connecting to the body, connecting to the breath, just being right with this moment, created space in those moments when I didn't have any space in my mind, in these moments of total overwhelm, um, coming back into uh, what was actually happening right in this moment, right? Because it's the mind that starts to create the story of what's going to happen and how the future will be this way or that way, and we have anxiety and worry and we're projecting. But if we just feel what's right here, even if it's a lot of uh, disturbance inside, um, there's, there's something more um, reliable about just dwelling with what's happening right here, whether it's sounds or body sensations or um, the breath, right? So all of those ways of anchoring our mind can really create space when we don't feel we have any. So we can slow, slow the mind down That's one of the things that the vagus nerve can support us. If you notice, we went from this part of the body down, which supports a slowing down of of the swirling of thoughts and worries and anxiety. So this slowing down, it lets our nervous system recalibrate and center itself. And then even if the external situation that's triggering us that's you know feeling overwhelming even if it hasn't changed we have changed in relationship to the external situation and so if we can stop if we can come into just what's happening here and now we have the chance to touch something that's deeper than overwhelm, that's existing at the same time as overwhelm. Overwhelm might be right here in our experience, but there's also something right here that's also just as real, just as true at the same time. So this practice of pausing, stopping can help us to connect to a deeper clarity, a deeper wisdom in time, to allow those those seeds in us to ripen so that when, when they are mature, we do have clarity about where we need to go, what we need to do. So the stopping, the caring for our body, our mind, supports that clarity to emerge. We never know when. We can't determine... <laughs> moment when the clarity will arrive, but we can practice in a way that supports the clarity to arise. So one of the teachings that's so helpful to me that Thich Nhat Hanh would often share is that the future is made only of the present moment. So if we want to take good care of the future, Um, the best thing we can do is take good care of the present moment. We don't know how the future will unfold, but we do know that it's an extension of this moment. So if we take care of this moment, we, we know 
um, we will we will be okay because we can t- we can be okay right here and now. So rather than worrying, scheming, trying to control, we can relax and touch this real profound ease right in this moment. And that is the best way to um, uh, rally the troops of what will help us uh, to us to help bring the things into our environment that will help us in in whatever we wish to um, manifest or or unfold. And if we look at what's happening around us, this process I described that was quite personal of this dissolving, it's really happening on a collective level our culture, our society, structures that we have relied on are dissolving, um, are becoming less and less secure and reliable. So we are, we could say, collectively entering the chrysalis. Things are breaking down, the things we identify with, rely on, We don't know what the next phase will be like. And so learning to surrender, to practice this courageous tenderness in our own lives, in our own experiences of uncertainty, can be very helpful to the collective learning that we all need to do to move through this time of faster and faster change and disruption and upheaval. So finding ways to attend to our own anxiety, fear, worry, and also to connect with each other and support each other and be with each other in times of great um, what Joanna Macy calls the, the great unraveling, something like that. So there's a Hopi teaching that I find very supportive, a Hopi elder. There is a river flowing now very fast. It is so great and swift that there are those who will be afraid. They will try to hold on to the shore. They will feel they are torn apart and will suffer greatly. Know the river has its destination. The elders say we must let go of the shore, push off into the middle of the river, keep our eyes open and our heads above water. And I say, See who is in there with you and celebrate. At this time in history, we are to take nothing personally, least of all ourselves. For the moment that we do, our spiritual growth and journey comes to a halt. The time of the lone wolf is over. Gather yourselves. 
Banish the word struggle from your attitude and your vocabulary. All that we do now must be done in a sacred manner and in celebration. We are the ones we've been waiting for. This is attributed to an unnamed Hopi elder from the Hopi Nation in Horaibi, Arizona. A lot of courage in this image of pushing off into the river. We, we only really have two choices when there's a river flowing very fast, if we're in it, right? We can try to hang on to the shore and be pulled and maybe harmed, or we can flow with that river. Um, I I'm, I'm just took a defensive driving course. <laughs> I got a new car. And, um, well, my first car, actually, as, a, as an adult. And want to make my car insurance less. So I learned I can get a discount if I take this defensive driving course. And there were so many instances just reading through this material which talk about this precise um, quality, like when you're in a in a spin, or when your your car sort of loses traction, you want to be careful how you apply the brakes. That there's a way to apply the brakes skillfully. That's not a ramming of the brakes but that's noticing what the car is doing and braking briefly and then braking again briefly so that you can get control of the car once you find that the traction is back in the tires. So even in how we drive, there's this need to kind of um, not fight completely what's happening in order to be more safe in order not to be completely spun out of control. Um, So, I love the line that once we, um, once we get into the middle of the river, we, we look around at who's with us and we celebrate. It's like, it's said that when a caterpillar dissolves, it has imaginal cells in the soup that it creates with its dissolving body. And the imaginal cells contain everything needed for the next phase. Uh, to create, you know, this butterfly. And so that's what I think of when it, when this elder is saying, see who's there with you and celebrate. Because even in the midst of great change and disruption and 
inability to control how things are, the imaginal cells are with us now that can help us to form whatever the new structure, whatever the new um, society needs to emerge if, if we make it, right? if we have enough conditions to make it, if we can stop harming ourselves and the earth enough to, to have something else emerge. So it's, um, it's so hard not to hold on tight when things are shifting uh, under our feet. It's such a human thing to try to um, clench to this buckle down to, you know, um, to resist that experience. Um, I I shared this story also in this weekend at Omega. I had a, well, our whole community went through a really difficult uh, conflict when I was a nun living in one of our centers and Ty was there um, uh, at that time and uh, teaching a retreat and um, there was just a lot of conflict, a lot of disharmony and upset. And I was walking Ty to to the van on the last morning, a group of us were with him and he turned to me and he said, you know, the name of the street that our center is on is the Castle of Bubbles. That was the word in, in German. Schaumburg was the name of the road. Berg is castle. Schaum is like foam, bubbles. He said, you know, this, you live on Schaumburg, vague. Schomburg Street. And he said, all of this that we're experiencing in the community right now, it's all all bubbles. It's all foam. As I was telling the story this weekend, Larry Ward, who I was teaching with, said, yeah, uh, bubbles are real, but they're just bubbles. So this sense of when things are really um, scary or upsetting or when there's a crisis, how to see with the eyes of a Zen master. Yes, we do need to clean up this mess. And there was a lot that needed to be done in that community after Ty left to bring about um, healing and harmony. And we did do that. We did practice and we did come through that really difficult time. 
But he was saying something very deep in that teaching to me. That we can hold this in a way that is not tight. That's not holding on to the edge of the river when the water is just coming too fast. Right? When there's velocity like that, when you resist, you end up multiplying the pressure that's coming at you. Right? That was another thing I learned in the defensive driving course. You know, if you're, if you're hit in a collision and you try to brace yourself against the windshield or the, the steering wheel, you're, you're actually having to come up with like 2,500 pounds of pressure because of the speed and because of the physics of, of what a collision means. So if you, if you, if you put yourself in the middle of, of that impact, it's not just your weight that you're talking about, but many times your weight that is involved. Um, So, so that wisdom of letting go of the edge of the river, coming out into the middle and letting, just letting ourselves be carried. Um, You know, this, this message of, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it seems, right? It's bubbles. It's something much more ephemeral than what we can really discern on the surface. <clears throat> so... So softening when we are met with uncertainty. That really helped me in my time of difficulty. This energy of surrendering, letting go, allowing, not pushing against, not stiffening. And so I just invite us to do this right in this moment, consciously. Just notice your body, your posture, and see if you can lean back, like actually let your body lean back a little bit in space, but also energetically. Maybe with your breath, just consciously surrendering, softening, letting go, not pushing, not forcing that something else should be here when it's not. And even that lightness, the um, allowing that feeling of what, what does bubbles feel like in your body? If you were to invite that feeling of the playfulness of bubbles. It's not Now, a bubble, I don't think a bubble is attached to staying around. This is just my 
anthropomorphizing a bubble. But I, I think a bubble is probably pretty happy to be a bubble and then to pop and become something else when it needs to do that. What would it be like for us to have that sense in our body as part of this surrendering, part of this relaxing? Allowing this sense of foam bubbles to be in us, to be our teacher. So um, I'll end with a a practice that we can do that can help us to build our resilience to the chronic uncertainty we we face in this time. So if you will close your eyes, if that feels okay for you, or you can do this with your eyes open as well. So bring to mind some being that you feel love for, that you feel safe with. Could be a person who has supported you, a beloved pet, a tree, a place. See it, see this person or animal or place up close, as much as you can. Turn toward them with care, with kindness, and let yourself come close to this being and express your care and your tenderness to them. Maybe a kiss on their brow, a hand on their cheek, or patting their fur, or hugging the thick trunk of your tree. Whatever feels natural and good to you as an expression of your care and tenderness this being that you love, that you feel safe with. And then say their name in your heart and whisper to this being, I love you. I care about you. And feel this resonate inside you. So 
So I'll close by offering this kiss, this caress, this love to all beings with Shantideva's prayer. May all beings everywhere, plagued by sufferings of body and mind, obtain an ocean of happiness and joy by virtue of my merits. May no living creature suffer, commit evil, or ever fall ill. May no one be afraid or belittled with a mind weighed down by depression. May the blind see forms and the deaf hear sounds. May those whose bodies are worn with toil be restored on finding repose. May the naked find clothing, the hungry find food. May the thirsty find water and delicious drinks. May the poor find wealth, those weak with sorrow find joy. May the forlorn find hope, constant happiness and prosperity. May there be timely rains and bountiful harvests. May all medicines be effective and wholesome prayers bear fruit. May all who are sick and ill quickly be freed from their ailments. Whatever diseases there are in the world, may they never occur again. May the frightened cease to be afraid and those bound be freed. May the powerless find power and may people think of benefiting each other. For as long as space remains, for as long as sentient beings remain, until then may I too remain to dispel the miseries of the world. you for your kind attention. Just say a deep thank you to you all for your practice, for being here, and thank you to CIMC for inviting me and Nico for hosting and supporting. May we all um, continue to walk this path with courage and tenderness as we navigate the uncertainty of our world. Many blessings. Take care. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.